Hey, here's a little PSA for Daddy Sony. Um, it's been, what, about a year and a half since we've seen anything about Spider-Man 2? You know, aside from the cinematic trailer? And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe that it's coming out this year. I have faith in Insomniac. But come on, guys. A year and a half? To be keeping that under your belt? That's a little too long, man, to be playing with my emotions, okay? I need to see this game. You cannot just drop Venom and let me know that he's going to be in this game with two Spider-Men swinging around Manhattan and just leave me on, on red, on red for a year and a half, okay? It's not fair. All right, PSA's over. Let's jump to hyperspace. Alright, welcome back everybody to episode 47 of the JMR Podcast. I am your host Jelani, aka Jedi Master Ren. And if you don't get it by the intro, we are going to be talking about some sequels today. Spider-Man 2 is going to be one of them. Because, as we all know, we've got Spider-Man 2, we've got Jedi Survivor, and I've been playing some games that are sequential in their series as well. So I want to touch on all of that today in this sequel episode. Alright, so, let us first touch on my Jedi training. So, as... I have gotten out of my Last of Us binge, right? So, what? finished watching the show, finished playing the game as we discussed last week, and also as we discussed last week, I have finally jumped into The Last of Us Part 2. So, it was time I needed to get my feet wet and get into this game, and I have got to say, man, wow. Uh, first of all, I don't really... I, I'm, I mean, again, I'm not that far into the game, but I'm not... I'm a decent way through. I'm not going to... We're going to keep this pretty spoiler-free. Um, but, uh, you know, I've seen some things, and I don't understand where the controversy... It, it, where it's going to come in. You know what I mean? I have a feeling I might know where it is, but at the same time, I'm like, if that's the case, then that's a really ridiculous reason to kind of, you know, have this as a, as a game that's divisive. You know, so divisive as it has been over the years. Because, to me, this is just telling a... A story that is bleak you know what I mean it's just there's nothing there, there's no way around that we see that all throughout the show and all throughout the first game of just how treacherous this world is and that's just what this game continues to be it's just a an evolution you could say of the part one version of it but I am really enjoying the combat and what they have added to the combat because I'm telling you when I first was able to dodge, when they show, first showed that up, they, hey, press L1 to dodge. I'm like, I looked and turned to my wife and I was like, man, <laughs> you did not just give me a dodge button to, to start knocking people out. Because now I'm going to just, I am only going to be fighting melee if I can dodge. You know what I'm saying now? I have run into some problems. That's not, it <laughs> wasn't the best method right out the gate. But you know what? I did try that because you gave me that option now. I feel like I have more control over at least that hand-to-hand -hand combat if anything gets crazy. And the other aspect of it, obviously you do play as Ellie for the, um, through this game. She always has her pocket knife. So now a cool aspect of this is that we're not having to craft shivs to take out clickers because she always has that knife on her so it's something that is a you know quick way to take out your enemies now i wouldn't say it's as quick as hmm 
I want to say as quick as Joel, but you know, I, 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 it probably is realistically. It probably is the exact same, um, you know, as uh, pacing wise to you know when you by the time you press the button to get your enemy all the way down and finish that animation is what I'm saying. I feel like that probably is the same. I just see it a lot more with you know actual people because there's a lot more people that you're taking out as opposed to the infected and really maybe that could be an aspect of the it being super divisive because i have felt that i'm like wow i'm taking out a lot of dudes but you know there there are still infected you are there are still cordyceps out there that you are going to have to tackle now Another crazy thing, and I guess something that I didn't know, so if this is something that you might want to skip through, it's just really about how, like, the game design, realistically. And it, it's something that I just didn't know, so that's why I'm saying. If you might want to, you know, go in this blank, if you've never played The Last of Us Part Two, maybe skip ahead. But um, this is the, quote-unquote, it's not an open world. I it would It's not that. But I see this story pretty much being contained in one city, at least where we're at, the city that, you know, we we first get to. And again, I could be wrong. I'm only a few hours in, but how this is shaping up, it seems like we're just going to be stuck in this one city as opposed to traveling across, you know, the the states and whatnot like we were in the first game. And when you first get into the city, um, you're met with a pretty much an open zone where you can you, you can go and you can, you know, travel wherever you please. And I've really found that to be intriguing. You have a map and there, you know, as you're going through each of these different uh, buildings and whatnot, Ellie is marking these different zones on her map. And I'm like, wow, this feels amazing and first of all you're seeing her pull the map out right on it and then put it away then you can go back into the map and then see what she wrote down same thing with her journal every time that you know something major happens or she gets you know anything happens that's of note obviously um in game she then will pull out her journal and write a journal entry and you can go back and read that and then if you've missed a couple of them you can go back and just keep reading you know these journal entries and it really again adds to the fact that these are, again, quote-unquote, real people in this game. They're not real, we all know that, but Naughty Dog has gone through the effort to make them feel like they're real and tangible people. Obviously, now, too, we see the show, and the show is putting a real-life face and, you know, uh, aspect to this story, which only perpetuates it and only pushes it that much farther. So, uh, I'm very much loving the story and where we're going with the the last of us part two so i am probably going to be a extreme lover of this series by the end of it like even starting this game i'm already now toying in my head and thinking about what the um i don't what that multiplayer last of us game is i forgot factions what that game is going to be because it is set in san francisco so i'm just super excited to see how people on the east coast had to deal with that Oh, it's not West Coast, I guess West Coast. <laughs> um, how they had to deal with, you know, um, that, the Cordyceps virus. And I, I'm very intrigued. That's really where, where I kind of stand with it. And if it is similar to a, you know, a division, oh my gosh, come on. Or even like a GTA 5 online, come on, man. Like, I am, I am all there. I, I am pulling up for that for sure. Especially having experienced this story now. I just want more. I want more from this universe, and it seems like we're going to be getting and we're going to be eating good for the next couple of years, at least. You know what I'm saying? Because we already know season two of The Last of Us is signed, and it will be coming, and we just don't know when. And you know what? There is something that I do want to touch on with the show, because I was in the car, we're talking to my wife, and 
um, she was talking to her friend and we were talking about how, you know, when the new season might be, you know, uh, off the ground and when they might get it, uh, you know, they start filming or when they might get it out to us. And they were thinking, oh, maybe it might be like a year, year and a half. And I'm like, not from what I've heard. It's going to be about three years. And when I said that, my wife, it was like, oh, you know what? That actually makes sense to give Bella a little bit of time to kind of grow with the character because obviously we have a four-year gap between The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us Part 2. So that aspect, I didn't even think about that that could be the reason why. Now, I'm thinking, you know, production-wise, this is all the issues that are at play. Who knows what Pedro Pascal's schedule is now that he is obviously becoming more and more of a household name. But now with Bella Ramsey as well, what is her schedule looking like? I'm, I'm assuming it could be stuff like that as well, but let's be honest, you know, it very well could be. Let's let her age up a little bit and kind of grow into this character to be more of an, you know, look more like an 18-year-old. Which, realistically, I think we we looked it up. I believe Bella Ramsey is 19, so she already is that age, so that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, you know what? Tom Holland played a, you know, a 14-year-old when he was that age as well in, uh, in Spider-Man, so it is what it is. But, guys... The last thing I want to touch on for The Last of Us, and it's something that I started realizing in, it, it, realistically, in both games, but it's more prominent here. And then there also are some dialogue cues as well. But the music cues in this game are fantastic. So it, it usually happens. And again, I think it is this game where as soon as you turn and you're about to get into a, a combat scenario... Um, the music starts to chime up and it, it starts to play like this rapid kind of, you know, um, intense music to alert you to, you know, what's going on. And multiple times that has helped me where I've been, you know, walking down the street and I'm just like, I turn down one way and it starts to make that noise and I turn away. I'm like, whoa, why did it stop? Okay. Turn back. Then I see these guys. Okay. There we go. So now I've got to go deal with them. But it's not only that, because when, you know, after it's over, and after you're done with a, in a combat scenario, it starts to kind of slowly go away. And that's what I always listen for whenever this is happening. Because there are some moments where there's, you know, multiple floors that you're having to clear out. And sometimes I'm not 100% sure if everybody is, you know, taken care of or not. And that's why I always stay, because I've... I've somewhat gotten caught up especially in part one where i've thought that i've cleared the whole thing out and turns out i didn't so it's very you know good for me to hear that audio cue and, and I've, I've noticed that as soon as it drops down then at least in part two um either dina or ellie has a audio cue or a vocal cue where they're like all right i think that was all of them and then you're good to go and i believe that was in the first game too but the music cuts off first and then it takes a little bit for that that vocal cue for them to actually confirm okay i think everything's good i think we're clear so that really does help out with you know with the combat and everything and i really really appreciate that especially in a game that's this tense you know when you're dealing with the the cordyceps and regular people, the regular people I'm not really too worried about, to be honest, but it's the cordyceps, and y'all know what I'm talking about, because man, sometimes, sometimes they get me, okay? Now, let me move over to the next game on my Jedi training list for the week. Now, I didn't get too far into this, but I did want to touch on this, and again, I'm only going to touch on it just to kind of discuss kind of uh, like performance-wise on the Steam Deck, because that's where I'm playing it, but... Uncharted 4, um, well, really, Uncharted, the Lost Le Lost Legacy? I think that's what it's called. 
Is that what it is? Or it says a Thieves Legacy. I don't know. But it's the bundle pack that came out on the PC, on Steam. So I went and picked that up because it is on sale for the spring sale. And that is literally one of the best Uncharted games I have played. Because I've played... I haven't played three, I don't think. But I did play through one and then most of two. I have not, again, played three. But I did jump to four. And I don't think I played three because... I didn't have a PS3, so I was really borrowing this from a buddy of mine when I was in college. But um, when Unchar when I got my PlayStation 4 and Uncharted 4 came, I was like, all right, I've got to get into this. Really enjoyed my time with it. But decided I wanted to get it on the Steam Deck, and it was running a little wonky at first. I will say that. It definitely was running a little wonky. This game is definitely one that you want to play at 30 frames per second if you're playing it on the Steam Deck because it cannot go uh, much farther than that. And even at 30 frames and with preset settings, you're not going to get the best uh, life out of this game or out of uh, your your uh, Steam Deck. You know, it's it's going to drain it very fast. Um, but that's uh, again, that is expected, especially with games like this, games like Spider-Man, stuff like that, where they're or they're bigger, more massive. There's a lot more detail in them. And that's the thing. This runs pretty much how I experienced the game on the PS4 when I played it originally. That's how it looks. And I'm very shocked because, again, when it was running a little janky at the beginning, I wasn't super... I, I thought that there might have been an issue. I'm like, ah, dang. I should have looked up some videos to see how this performed. Ooh, but, I, you know, I've seen it had the verified check. I, if it's got the check mark, like the green check, I don't, I don't even bat an eye. I'm like, okay, it should be good to go. And I was getting a little, you know... Uh, worried that yeah, this might not be the case with Uncharted 4. And also, too, with other Sony, you know, um, ports to PC, at least running on Steam Deck, they run beautifully. Like Spider-Man, I was shocked. I can get Spider-Man running at 40 frames per second, and it looks good. So I'm just, I'm blown away that that's possible. Here, again, like I was saying, we can't so much get to 40. It is a locked 30. But at 30 frames per second, it is very smooth. Now, I did go in there and I tweaked one setting, and that was I um, upped the character models. So the character models, I believe, were at default setting. I put them to high. That made the quality a lot better, and I really enjoyed my time playing it when I did made that change. The other issue, so at the beginning, my line, so I usually keep, you know, the, um, the bar at the very top. I think it's um, the power level 2 or power diagnostic two. it's the the second level to where it's just a bar that is at the top of the screen so you can always see your frame rate when i was looking at the frame rate at the beginning it's very jagged and you can kind of feel that it's not it's very subtle but you can feel that stutter and i didn't understand why and then i was like you know what i did hear in some cases like for some games you cannot put you know you can't lock the frame rate in the game settings you just need to lock it on the Steam Deck settings, you know, on the actual console settings itself, basically. And it's not a console, but you get what I'm saying. So when I went in there, I did lock the game on the game settings to 30. So that's where I was playing at at the beginning. I went in there and changed that solid, smooth 30 frames per second. I had that line was straight as soon as I turned that off. So if you keep that off, just do the 30 frames per second on your settings on the Steam Deck itself you should have a beautiful time. And then obviously to change that setting to the um, the character models to high, you're going to have a beautiful time. It's fantastic. And I noticed too, it takes about 
two hours or so, you know, of gameplay of like actually playing through the game for the um, the shaders, the building shaders to uh, load up. But after that, everything ran flawlessly. And I'm very much enjoying my time with it now. Now, there are a couple points where it does drop a little bit. But those are few and far between. So it's not even, again, like I barely, for, almost forgot about them because I, I think it's only happened twice after I made that change from um, locking it in the game setting. So that's kind of my experience with Uncharted 4. Again, I didn't want to go that deep into it because I've already beaten this game. So I don't need to talk that much about the, the, you know, the story or anything like that. But I really wanted to talk about how it performs on the Steam Deck because that's something that I was kind of wearisome about obviously and then because I had those little issues maybe somebody could use utilize this information you know for their own use who knows but let us talk about some sequels that are on the horizon so as we discussed at the top of the show Spider-Man 2 year and a half Sony what are you doing I don't understand do you just not like me I mean I'm literally wearing a Spider-Man shirt right now I don't understand why you're singling only me out. Not like there's, you know, millions of people who are actually going to be playing this game at launch. But me specifically, why? why? And if you can't understand the um, sarcasm in my voice, I apologize. I'm trying to make it very, very, you know, obtuse and very just in your face. But if you don't know, now you know I'm being sarcastic. But... I am still scratching my head as to why we haven't gotten any news for this game. You know what I mean? It's a, one of their flagship titles. One of the games that, in my opinion, well, not this game specifically, but Spider-Man in 2018, I believe that that game helped them make the decision to purchase Insomniac. I really do. And because of that purchase... Now they have, you know, they have them locked in. They're making these games now. They And that's the other thing, too. When they got that deal, I don't think that, you know, well, they might have. I was going to say, I don't think Marvel went to Sony specifically. I think they went to Insomniac. And then, but I'm sure they probably did because, again, it's exclusive. So they probably all talked together in the same room. And again, felt no, because we're not in these rooms. But I'm assuming that regardless, if Sony's, you know, higher ups in their back of their mind are like, okay, let's see how Insomniac does with Spider-Man. But also, in that conversation of, you know, having the Spider-Man IP, Marvel handing that over to Insomniac, they know that this is going to be the start of something big. So if they do a good job, not only, you know, is Sony wrapping their head around this and like, hmm, maybe we should kind of snipe them up, you know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe it would be good to have a good Marvel powerhouse in our back pocket. But Marvel is, or Insomniac is also like, you know, if we do a good job, then we can continue to make these games. And obviously, they made one of the best Spider-Man games ever. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody is sitting here and saying that that's not true. I'm sure there are people, but, you know, I don't I don't know if they have actually played the game, if they are thinking that, that there's another Spider-Man game that rivals this one. Again, and we're talking about story, we're talking about the just the feel of combat and the feel of swinging around the city and just everything in between. Now, yes... Does Do some parts of it get tedious? Of course it does. Of course it does. But that's an open world game. And guess what? I you, Listen, if, you, if you've been listening to me, you know I'm not a huge platinum person. I platinum this game because I love this game. I went and platinumed Miles Morales because I love that game. I will be platinum Spider-Man 2 because I love that game. Or, <laughs> because I love that game. It's not even out, but I'm already telling you. I'm probably going to love that game too because these games are just polished and they come out fantastic. 
because Insomniac does good work. So I am not super worried about a year and a half of not hearing anything. And when Insomniac says it's coming out this year, I believe that that is coming out this year, period. You know what I mean? They haven't given the gaming industry any reason to not trust them. A at least not how, you know, I look at it. That's not how where I see things. Because when they say they're going to launch something, it lands for the most part. And again, I don't think there's been a delay, at least not in recent years, when you know they had something that was coming out, and then they're like, ah, man, we we couldn't hit the, hit the deadline. You know what I mean? Or they already pushed it back before, like well before there was go it was going to release. As in, they're not pushing it back, you know, at the very last minute if they even did. So my point is. They have good track record. They're not somebody that we need to kind of look at and be like, uh, are they going to do it or are they not going to do it? Who knows? No, they've they've shown time and time again that they can. We've already seen them do Miles Morales as well as put out Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. The, yes, Miles Morales, and again, I joked about it being a half game, but it is a shorter experience. So because of that... Yeah, they might not have had to put that much time into it, especially, too, with the fact that they um, re had, they got to reuse Manhattan as a whole. So, they, I mean, they did have to change Manhattan, realistically. And I did hear the developer talk about how they literally just had to pile snow in different parts. Literally, just somebody went through it days and days and days of just putting snow piles everywhere in the city to make it look, not even look, but to make it winter in Manhattan. And that's like... Again, that's a lot of work. So, yeah, they definitely put in the, the time, effort, and care to this title, but it is a shorter experience. So, that allowed them to break off a smaller team to focus on this, a smaller, good team, obviously, who understands the quality that they needed to provide for this game, but also the team that is working on Ripped Apart. And they were able to tackle that both of those at the same time without doing crunch, and with morale being high, that is the kind of company that you want to keep in your back pocket. And I feel like they know that. And, you know, they haven't done or graced anybody the wrong way. Realistically, you know, the only thing I can think of is them going to Xbox. And that's, and I'm saying for PlayStation wise, you know, for them to be thinking like, oh, wow, you know, why would you have done that? But in the grand scheme of things, guess what? That was Sony's fault to begin with because Insomniac came to them with the idea for Sunset Overdrive and they were going to keep their lineage with PlayStation as they always have been except for that one game. But PlayStation, Sony, said, ah, you know what? I don't know if we want you guys making that kind of game. I don't know if we even want that as a part of our profile. I guess that was, you know, kind of thing. But either way, they shut it down. So guess what? Insomniac didn't stop making the game and didn't stop making what they wanted to they moved over and they were like you know what xbox microsoft do you want this game do you want this as a part of one of your flagship titles and you know it seems like you're losing a lot right now because you know with scalebound i think that was around the time that we had heard no i think actually scalebound was slated still at that time and but thank god they had sunset overdrive then because i'm telling you sunset overdrive is what got me playing xbox man because that was i loved that game and that's insomniac for you and again that is all because of sony realistically if sony would have just you know le seen the potential that they had and let them do something that they were passionate about they would have had that on their in their catalog and they could have had sequels for it because now the whole IP sits in limbo, and who knows if we're going to see a sequel of that. We probably won't, to be honest, but that's okay, because they blessed us with Spider-Man. 
and I bring it all the way back. You see how that is, guys? You see how that is? I might digress, but we bring it all the way back. Spider-Man is, again, to close this out, one of the best Spider-Man games, or their 2018 game is one of the best Spider-Man games, and I guarantee you that is why they are being trusted not with one, not with two, with Miles Morales, but three superheroes with Wolverine. So, Marvel, not only does do I trust them, but Marvel trusts these people to continue to make some banger superhero games for them. And I'm telling you right now, aside from Insomniac and Eidos Montreal with Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't see anybody else making, you know, uh, Marvel games to this quality, or at least, again, for my taste. And this is this is the kind of taste that I love, uh, the Spider-Man formula. I'm sure I am... <laughs> I don't even want to think because I'm sure I will love Wolverine, let's be honest, because I can only think of one uh, or two kind of ways that they could go about that, but there is no way that they could make a Wolverine game and not make it fun. That's all I'm saying. But Wolverine is not a sequel, all right, guys? So we got to stop talking about Wolverine, and we got to start talking about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So, as we all know, the we got a new story trailer. Well, you might not know, but... I would assume you do. If you're listening to gaming podcasts and you do like Star Wars Jedi Survivor, we got a new Star Wars trailer this Monday, I believe it was. Yes, on the 20th. And let me tell you, boy, I cannot wait for this game. Now, I am usually, I was talking about about this earlier again, I usually do not watch anything for the Jedi Survivor game because I am not super... I, I don't I, I don't need to be sold on the game. You know what I mean? Like, they could literally give me the same game that they gave us in Jedi Fallen Order. And I would be fine. The only thing I would have asked is just please, for the love of all that is holy in the galaxy, fix that damn map. That's all I need. Just fix the map and we're good. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. That's all I need. If you give me the same game with a less janky busted map, I'm good. I'm happy. But guess what? Yeah, obviously in this day and age, you can't just do that. You got to do some kind of innovation. You got to keep what you had that was good and move the things out that were bad and try to put in more things that are good so we can keep mo this this hype and this train moving. And it seems like that's what they're doing. We're getting mounts, and that's not even in the in the trailer that we saw. But I mean, again, the mounts and being able to use one of these flying uh, creatures to hover your way down to lower levels. That tells me that there's going to be verticality in this game, which is obviously something that we had in the first one, but nothing where it was a, you know, it was a, a path that you could only go on one way. This is telling me, okay, you have different options here. So I am very excited for this game and I don't need a trailer to tell me anything about it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need that because in the grand scheme of things, the trailer's not going to do anything for me because I already am going to buy this game, period. End of discussion. You know, like I, there is no if, and, or buts. It is something that is going to happen. So I am going to be going over the trailer here because I want to, I want to just gush over how awesome this was. You know what I mean? So it starts us off and we're on Coruscant and like, first of all, I didn't realize that we were going to be on Coruscant. I guess maybe, and again, I could have forgotten, realistically, because, let's be honest, a lot has happened, and a lot just keeps going on. You know, time keeps on moving. It's a flat circle. Who knows? Either way. My point is, 
I, we, I might have, it might have been shown in one of the other trailers. I don't remember. I think actually, no, we, yeah, we were in the very first one with Homeboy who was on Coruscant. I just never really saw us actually go in and come out of hyperspace and bam, Coruscant's there. I never saw that in a trailer because that just happened here and I'm like, bro, okay, now we're, this, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm real, I'm already in. I'm already in because first of all, this is PS5 exclusive. So let me tell you, that looked, mm, chef's kiss it looked fantastic so i am telling you man i cannot wait to get into this so as they the trailer goes on we see cal he's trying to fight off these different things and then this crazy thing this the it cuts to a an alien who is about to get you know i i assume he's about to get you know Sliced in half, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's the Star Wars world. And this is, you know, while the Empire is getting its footing. So it's not the best times in the galaxy, all right? But either way, he is trying to defend himself. And he's not defending himself. He's just really trying to plead for his life from these, what look like bounty hunters. But the crazy thing is that these bounty hunters have lightsabers. Or at least one of them does. The main one, or it's either the main one or this entire faction does. But... It is wild to see that, you know, these beings without beings, but, well, yeah, because we don't know what they are underneath these masks, but these beings without, you know, any kind of Jedi code using a a weapon like that, you know? So that is awesome to see that we're, again, going to have different enemies that we're going to have to tackle because not only are we, you know, dealing with actual Sith, which know how to use the Force properly, but if we're dealing with a bounty hunter who, and again... Maybe they were Jedi in um, one life, but now, because of how the world is, they have decided to seclude themselves into the bounty hunter, bounty hunter underworld where they can put a mask on and they can hide themselves from everybody. I mean, obviously, we saw Leia do that in episode six when she was trying to save Luke. So, obviously, that can happen. But the point is that might... I don't, I don't really see that being the case. I see them being just bounty hunters and if that's the case, then they don't really know how to use these weapons, which means they're going to be a little volatile, as we've seen in The Mandalorian. You see how I'm bringing all this stuff in, guys? Anyway, uh, when we see in The Mandalorian with Mando not understanding how to use the lightsaber because he is not allowing himself to. He's still fighting the lightsaber in his heart, so he is not wielding it properly. That's the same thing that's going to happen to these bounty hunters. Yes, it might be one of the most powerful weapons in the universe, but it's not a weapon that you're going to be able to wield because you're not trained to wield it and that could be anything you know what i mean it doesn't just have to be a lightsaber but another big thing that i started seeing and i started noticing in this number one relationships relationships are huge are going to be huge and going to be bigger in this because you start to see old faces and you see cow's reaction to all of these old people now number one and i don't know if that is going to be like how long has passed you know what i mean how long has really passed since the first and second game. I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems like there's been some time just based on the, again, that interaction that he had and everybody seems like they have gone their separate ways and started doing what they feel is right while Cal has gone and continued on his journey. But relationships, sorry, relationships seem key. And we see that with the combat as they get farther into this trailer, combat seems very much tied to you and having a companion with you, similar to what we see in God of War. And I think there's um, 
I wanted to say there was another game that was similar to that, but either way, like God of War, where, oh, duh, <laughs> The Last of Us, where you have a companion with you at all times in that game, well, not at all times, but you get my point, for m the majority of the game, and I don't know about all of two, obviously, because I'm not that far into it, but in all of one, for the most part, you've got somebody, you know, there's even a part where you and Ellie get split up while you're with, um, rolling with Henry and Sam, and it just flips, and now you're with Sam instead of Ellie, and Ellie's with Henry, so you still have a companion even when you're not with Ellie. There is a moment where you and Ellie aren't together, but point is, you still have a companion there, just like in God of War with Atreus and, uh, and Kratos, you have a companion here as well. So I'm thinking that they're kind of taking that from, you know, these games that have come up, obviously, the Last of Us and uh, or The Last of Us Part Two, probably you know, uh, putting it home of this this thought of having always having somebody with you along in the journey to help out in combat as well. But God of War, more specifically, definitely probably is like one of those main things. Is like wow, okay, yeah, we definitely need to talk about this. You know what I mean? Like we definitely need to see how we can maybe incorporate something similar but hopefully something that is a little different as well. That's not going to just be cookie cutter, like, oh, same thing, you have them press a button and they have their skills and all that good stuff. Like, realistically, how I would like to see it work is I would just like to see it naturally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't tell this uh, NPC, I don't tell my, my partner to do anything. They just do it. They just come in and if they have a spot that, you know, if I get an enemy in a spot where they can also help me out to do a double takedown, bam, you just do it. And then that's it. I don't want to have to prompt it. I want it to be natural. That is a way to make it kind of feel different than what it was before. Because again, with the Atreus thing, and even when it was Freya too, you had to, you have a, you know, special abilities that they can do that you can command. And again, that is probably where they more than likely are going to go. I just feel like, you know, maybe doing something a little different than what we've seen before could be cool too. But I am very excited for this. And really, again, like I said, I haven't been watching that many trailers for it because I am already sold on this. Like I'm already, I'm getting the deluxe edition because you, you're telling me I can get Luke's outfit. I can get Han Solo's outfit and the DL44 and Luke's lightsaber. Yes, I will be getting the deluxe edition. Oh, and if you pre-order it, you get Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber and you get his hermit crab uh, what is they call it? Um, his hermit crab outfit that he wore in the show. Yes, please. 100%. I will be getting all of it. Yes, I will. So I'm already sold 100%. Like I wish that I could have gotten the, what is it? The limited run, uh, collector's bundle or collector's box that they had that had the actual replica of the freaking lightsaber. I wish I could have gotten that sold out. It was 300 bucks. I was like, <laughs> I can't do that now. <laughs> and then when I had it, it's like, <laughs> it's already gone. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> but it is what it is. So I, cause I realistically, I plan on getting that lightsaber whenever I can make it to Disney. When I make it to Disney, you best believe I'll be getting that lightsaber. Don't you worry about that one, baby. <laughs> anyway, um, I cannot wait for this game. As you can see how excited I am, but I don't need to see any trailers. So this one coming out on a whim, I was, you know, it was my day off. I was like, oh, it's coming out on the 20th. Eh, why not? I might as well watch it when it, whenever it drops. And sure enough, I'm like, yeah, this is why I didn't need to watch anything, because now I can't wait for the 28th. I mean, I haven't been able to wait. I've been just counting down the days. I'm like, all right, well, now we're only about five days away from being a month away from this game. So I cannot wait for Jedi Survivor. But 
I think, guys, that's all I have for you today. And it's going to be a shorter episode today because I just wanted to get in here and do a little sequel show. Just kind of give some thoughts on where I think these games could be going. I didn't really talk about that with Spider-Man because I feel like I've done that already, you know. But I did want to at least talk about what what I think of, you know, these different sequels on the horizon. And it's obviously The Last of Us 2 because, golly, man, that game is just fantastic. It is amazing. Like, I, again, I understand the decis the divisiveness. I don't. I just, I'm just like, man, I love this game. This game is fantastic. It's giving me the same combat that we had in The Last of Us 1, but better. And that's all you want. That's all you can ask for. And even, and you know what? Story, even more gripping. That's what I got to say. Hot take of the day. The Last of Us 2 story, even more gripping. I don't think it's a hot take. I think everybody says that. But anyway, my point is, I loved it. Got to talk about it. You know how it is here. But guys, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Jedi Master Ren. Remember, the R in Ren is the same R for Master. And you can follow the show there as well as TikTok to get all future updates. Now, I usually will say you can use my code Jelani40328 at Zox.LA. But as I try to get a coworker to use that code, I don't know what's going on with it because that is the code. I looked it up. That is my code that I'm supposed to be giving out. However, it's not working. So I got to get with customer service. I got to figure out what's going on. I will get back to you and I will update on when we are good to go and when you can use that again. And I'm sorry if anybody has used that because I did start thinking about that. I'm like, man, I've been saying that for, what, about a year now? And I don't know if anybody's tried to do that and it just hasn't worked. And it's like, all right, well, whatever. So if you have, I apologize. You can get at me at Twitter. You can be like, I cannot believe you. How do you call yourself a Jedi Master and you don't even know that this code doesn't work? I'll take it. I'll take the heat. All right? That's on me. But guys, as always, may the Force be with you.